Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. And uh, a very warm welcome to you today on this All Saints Day as we wrap up our season of stewardship and, uh, and uh, this whole concept of getting the gospel right and out. And today, uh, for All Saints Day, as we wrap up this stewardship sermon series, we begin to focus on a very specific word that describes you and me and Jesus. We look at the word blessed. In the Bible, blessed essentially means to be on the receiving end of God's favor and his privilege. However, the problem is, is that so often, and the church is guilty of perpetuating this nonsense, is that we associate the term blessed with states such as simply happiness, healthiness, and wealth. We associate blessed with the good life. And what can happen is, is that this association can make the word blessed seem like a foreign word in many respects in 2020. However, what we see in our gospel reading today is that Jesus paints for us a different picture. Jesus begins to give us a different definition for the word blessed, making it incredibly accessible for you and me right now where we are at. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn. Blessed are the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted and reviled. That's a little different. Come on, Jesus. I mean, where's the new car? You know, where is blessed are you when your influencer status reaches a certain level? Come on, Jesus. Where is the blessedness of my pre-COVID life? On this All Saints, in order to understand the meaning of blessed, you must get the gospel right. You and I, especially if you're a New Yorker, do not embody these traits of blessedness here in Matthew 5 on our own. As a matter of fact, the testimony is is that we resist it. Only Christ is the personification of these Beatitudes perfectly. Though rich, he became poor. He is the one who is mourned over our sin, our rejection of him, and our death. Jesus is the only one who's truly hungered and thirsted for righteousness there on the cross. And he did that in order to reconcile us back to God. Jesus is the one who was merciful to his enemies and is a peacemaker and has made peace by the laying down of his life and the shedding of his blood. He is the persecuted one. He is the reviled and the crucified one so that you and I might stand justified and righteous before God. Truly blessed. And this is my first point. In order to get blessed right, you must get the gospel right. For Jesus does the Beatitudes to his own death. 
and baptized and believing in him, they become all yours as well. You are, as St. Paul says, we looked in Romans chapter 4 this week, counted as righteous. My sisters and brothers, no matter what life is throwing at you right now, as the church militant in Jesus, you are blessed to the fullest extent. And only in Jesus can you bear the hunger and thirst for righteousness. Can you bear the persecution which comes with bearing his name? Can you bear the mourning and be called blessed? Other than that, it makes no sense at all. Now, there is a lesser-known beatitude in the Bible that is rarely discussed. And it is not, blessed are the flexible, for they will not be broken. Although that one is incredibly important uh, during COVID. Uh, you know, Semper Gumby. So, um, although uh, it is found, this other beatitude, and it's lesser-known, it's found in Revelation chapter 14. When St. John, getting a glimpse at the church triumphant around the throne of Jesus, hears these words, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Yes, say the Spirit, so that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. This is very important because in the midst of a pandemic, when we have politicians and socialites telling us that there is nothing worse than death, John gives us a beatitude that literally flips that statement right on its head. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. To die, well, that most certainly just isn't good news, is it? We've all had enough of that in our life. Everyone is going to die. But to die in the Lord changes the equation. For us, death becomes the end of our striving as Christians. For Christians, death becomes the end of our resisting that which Jesus says is blessed in our gospel reading today in the first place. And this is my second point. There is nothing blessed about simply death itself. The world knows that. You and I know that. However, to die in the Lord is to know by virtue of Jesus' resurrection that he has gone to the death and to the grave first. And that in his death, Jesus has become for us death's great undoing. I love that, what John sees, hence the works of those who die in the Lord. Their works follow them. It doesn't precede them as we instinctively think. Their works don't kick open the gate and win them the ticket around the throne. It flows behind them like a beautiful train on a wedding dress. And that is who you are. Blessed. You are the bride of Christ. Blessed are you who die in the Lord. You see, what John sees in our reading today from Revelation 
is not the suffering that we see brought on by a pandemic. Nor does he see the strife and the division we see brought on by the divisions in our political system. Nor does he see the difficulties we have caused trying to fight and avoid the Beatitudes our whole life. Nor does John see some simple, like, you know, Coke Kumbaya commercial where everybody's just kind of nice and gathered around singing, you know, hey, we're all great. No, instead, John sees the glory, the triumph, the life that is all ours in Jesus. By what Jesus has accomplished, by being the Beatitudes for us. What John sees is the fruit of getting the gospel out. A great multitude, the company of heaven, who are wearing robes washed white in the blood of the Lamb. And as we, in a moment, read the names of our faithful departed, and there are a lot of them this year, and as we remember, maybe right where you're at in your home, as we remember those who we love, who are blessed because they have died in the Lord, I want to encourage you to read that passage from Revelation again and reflect on this image St. John has given us. For those whom we reflect on right now, the blessed who have died in the Lord, they are in that multitude. They are blessed. And you are, in the same word, by the same baptism, in the same faith, blessed in Jesus. Never forget that. And allow that promise to carry you through 2020. And this is my third point. In our scriptures, we are given the perfect image of getting the gospel right. Jesus, blessed for you, and that blessing given all to you, so that we might get the gospel out and share that blessing with the world, so that indeed through our ministry, we might share and participate in that great heavenly chorus Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Now, normally I'm a three-point man, like a three points in a poem, and I sit down. But uh, today is stewardship, and I just want to say that this marks kind of the conclusion of our pledge drive, although we will most certainly take your pledge at any time of the year. And we have people who turn them in in March, um, in April. I'm not suggesting that at all. But right now, I'm going to be honest with you, we're 40 pledges short of our participation goal. Now, not just because we're 40 pledges short of our participation goal, but um, um, and it's not just because the pledge drive ended today on All Saints, but for clergy, stewardship and reflecting on death typically go hand in hand. You know, um, that was supposed to be really funny. But anyway, I have been um, I've been watching the haunting of Bly Manor this week. And uh, in the show, there's a little boy and girl, uh, Miles and Flora Wingrave, whose parents have died, and they live in this haunted house. 
And uh, there is a scene when, in an, in an attempt to comfort the little girl Flora, the nanny says, Don't worry, your mommy will always be here with you. She's here right now with you. To which the little girl, in a very creepy English accent, says, Don't be silly. She's not here. I loved that scene so much because it blew all of the sentimentality that we tend to attach with funerals and our thoughts on passing away just right out of the water. And All Saints, like Flora Wingrave, takes all the sentimentality out of our self-focused ideas of dying and death. It, it takes it right out of it. People say, you know, you always hear these statements, oh, they're looking down on you. Oh, they're always with you in your memories. You, 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 you. It fixates us where it shouldn't be, on you. And that sentimentality sometimes becomes an empty burden. It becomes an empty promise. And what All Saints does is it says, uh, this isn't about you. Uh, this is about Jesus And what he has done for you to rescue you from death. And where he is, you will be also gathered around the throne. And this enables us here to stop being so sentimental about death. And say, dear Christian, you will die. You can actually say the word. But because of Jesus Christ... Even at the grave, we make our cry, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. And oftentimes, we have a self-focus when it comes to stewardship as well. How much should I give? How much do I think Jake, Ben, and Jim are actually worth? What can I really afford? And I want to say those are uh, all very discerning questions, uh, except for the one, how much we're worth. Nobody could really afford us. We're so awesome. But, uh, you know, uh, but uh, all I want to say is, is those are discerning questions. But in those questions, don't let, like the subject of death in our culture, turn the focus on you, 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 you especially when everything you have is pure and total gift from God. Nothing belongs to you. It's all gift. And God has given it to you. So this is why I'm asking so boldly, because it's not yours. It's been given to you. Let me close with this. In many ways... We as Christians, we can view stewardship like the world views death. However, let's flip the script and look at it through all saints and begin to realize that stewardship is a season when we are invited to take the focus off of us and put it back on God, to truly embrace our blessedness and know that he has, is, and we'll continue to care for us. And in that embrace, God's embrace, be used by God through our time, through our talents. But in this instance specifically, your treasure to serve our community, to care for our sick,
to provide in times of need, to continue to bring the light of the gospel in the darkest of times, and to share the good news of what it means to be blessed. All the things we're already doing at Calvary St. George's. You are blessed. We've got the gospel right. Now help us continue to get it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.